Dave from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trump. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren. Hey! Oh, Jesus Christ! That that pregnant pause, like, I was like, it's, did we lose connection? What happened? What's happening here? It it always feels so artificial, that thing, like, right after we start, like, one of us has to say, like, to the other one, hey, how are you doing? And I, I, it just never feels organic to me, you know? You know, like, I think we're getting, we're starting to see how, like, you know, morning, morning zoo DJs feel like where they have to pump up the the fake enthusiasm. I yeah, and I hate I hate false energy. I hate that. Hey everybody, how you doing? And, Yo! and, yeah, and and like okay, it's fine cuz now we're just talking, but that organic way into it, I just I never like. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, like and you know, listeners, as you know, we try to keep it like as real as possible on this as possible on this podcast. We keep it 100% yes. real. So like sometimes we'll be really excited to talk to each other. Other times we'll be like, "Hey man, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, uh, and I get weirdly self conscious about it. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah, that too. That too. No, I mean somebody goes like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And lately, I'm just like, "Well, that's a ten minute conversation." <laughs> Not so good, pal. Not so good. Yeah, you know, it's it's like that Mad Men meme. You know, how are you doing? Not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. um, but I mean, it, all things considered, it wasn't a bad week for uh, me. There you, um, there you go. Hey, we 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 got together. We saw each other IRL in real life, as the kids say. Yeah, um, we. Yeah, we saw each other at the uh, non-productive comedy show. Happens first yes. Thursday of every month at Just Jake's in Montclair, New Jersey. Yes, and you were co-hosting this one with uh, our friend uh, Evan Morgenstern, who's uh, yeah. been on the podcast. Not been on the podcast with me, so I was saying to Evan, yeah, we should have you on sometime when I'm here. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had him, if you remember the uh, the Dragnet episode, he was on yes. He was on then. And uh, yeah, we'll have him back on it's, you know, as soon as we figure out like a... Movie he'd like to talk about or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Happy to have him back and on it. Yeah, it's good to talk to him again and host a show with him again because we used to host a show in Brooklyn uh, back in the day. So it's just like mm-hmm. it was. It's like old times. It's like uh, Simon and Garfunkel reuniting. Yes, it's, yes. I you know I heard your wife uh, introduce Evan to someone as like one of Darren's comedy partners, and I felt a little twinge of jealousy. I was like, oh. One of oh okay yeah, hmm. yeah. Right. Uh, hey man hey right. man we're not monogamous here brother uh, you know what it was okay I, I we, have, we have an open comedy relationship apparently yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just your comedy side piece we're free to see other comedy partners whenever we want man I thought I thought we agreed to this man. <laughs> uh no not not like not it wasn't one of those out loud verbal agreements. I think it was just an unspoken thing. Yeah, you can't don't try to tie me down, baby. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm a rolling stone. Yeah. But but you guys did a nice job uh hosting the show. I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing the show. Uh we, we saw our friend Tommy Ray there as well. He's yes. also uh, been on the podcast. And yes, uh, uh, the Running Scared episode. Check it out, guys. Running Scared episode. That was like back in August, I think. It's episode 205. And uh, yeah, I also got to see, um, for the first time, uh, SNL Network uh, alum, uh, TJ Randolph. 
who like I know. Yeah. 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 He's somebody I had never met in real life, but I had seen him. We also, we both know um, John Schneider who runs the SNL network has been on this mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, he was on John Schneider was most recently on uh, when we did the kids in a hall uh, bio bio biography pick. Yes. Back in the day. And um, yeah. So uh, TJ Randolph was, is also, He's been on the SNL network numerous times. I think he was actually on the most recent episode where they did a hot takes um, episode about this Kiki Palmer episode we're about to talk about. And like, oh, so, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Like SNL network, they do this thing where, like, I think they stay up to like one in the morning and then they record an episode at one in the morning about the episode they just saw. Yeah, yeah. They they start like streaming it at like one ten in the morning. And I'm just like, no, I, I not do that. I do not have the energy <laughs> to do that. Not that I'm not never up at one in the morning, but if, if I am, I'm, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. John, you, uh, you're, you're, you're a real uh, social butterfly there. It seems like, well, look, okay. I, 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 I was like social three times this week for an introvert like me. That is a lot, man. Wednesday, I like co-hosted trivia over in Morristown. Uh, Thursday, I went to the non-productive comedy show. And then Friday night, I I was out with our buddy, John Minus, who was on our episode about the Suicide Squad. And he, uh, he was celebrating his birthday. So we went out on Friday night. So yeah, I'm I've, I've got to hibernate for a while. Okay, got it. <laughs> you know, the, the the introvert energy, you know, we need we need recovery time built in. Yeah, like that that took a lot out of you. I I totally understand. It took a that. lot out of me. I am not built for three nights of socializing in a row. <laughs> I got to see people for three. How many days in a row? Three. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. a lot. It's a lot. And then oh. and then I mean, after we went out to dinner, we had a very nice dinner with a bunch of John's friends. Uh, Evan Morgenstern was out there again, and then we we go out to this bar over in Montclair, New Jersey, which is kind of it's it's kind of a hip and happening place, I suppose. It's definitely on the yeah. rise. Definitely it's on, it's on the rise, getting a little gentrified. Mm-hmm. A little, you know, so that's a little concerning. But um, luxury or condos, as far as the eye can see. Yes, yes, and and uh, right, we went to the bar, and then there were a lot of. Uh, how should I say this? A lot, lot of people of a certain age because the Rick Springfield concert had gotten out at the Wellmont Theater nearby. Ooh, they so know, they know the party. Did you so see? So then, so then John uh, minus is, says to me, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be your wingman. I'm gonna hook you up." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't need that." <laughs> Did you see uh, Jesse's girl there? Uh-huh. We did not. We were kind of driving ourselves nuts, like trying to recall uh, Rick Springfield songs besides Jesse's Girl. Oh, uh, I remember he... he had a song called "They Call Me Bruce," that was just about how people would mistake him for for Bruce Springsteen. Oh yeah, I could see that. There was that whole thing in like in the eighties where it was like kind of blue collar rockers that were all kind of emulating bruce in a way like you know brian adams mm-hmm. uh i mean Mel- but rick John- Springfield wasn't that he was like a pop music guy was he oh yeah i guess but it's there was... i've never thought of like rick springfield as a, a blue collar hero dude 
Yeah, but like you know, like John Cougar Mellencamp had the same type of vibe. Oh yeah, I, no, he's he's in that same vein, but Rick Springfield isn't. Hmm. I'm st- it's I'm just st- they have similar names, is all. I'm starting to realize I don't know much about Rick Springfield. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. I, <laughs> I don't know. Are there hardcore Rick Springfield fans? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta assume there is. Like you know, like those Rick Springfield, uh, Greg Kin band yeah. followers. Like uh, I, I mean, I guess. I guess his fans are like women who had a crush on him back in the day. Like if he jump started their puberty or something. Oh, <laughs> they they found their womanhood to uh, don't talk to strangers or something like that. Well, I mean, yeah, he was he was a teen idol dude. A- anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, so we were like, oh well, do we? We're talking to people. We'll ask if they went to the concert, and you know, the, the people we talked to, they did not go to the concert. Oh, okay. So, and then we were all just like, what do you remember about Rick Springfield? And the answer was not a lot. Got it. All right. <laughs> so so we kind of bonded over us not knowing much about Rick Springfield. I don't know. It was, it was an awkward conversation. Okay. So <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't awkward from John's eyes, but it, it was from mine. Okay. All right. So did you get later what, bro? Score? It's a digits, bro. You've heard the story up until this point. Do you think I got laid? Uh, no. I was trying you think, to be. You think something happened? I was. I don't know. I'm being optimistic. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. You gotta manifest this shit. I don't know. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. No. This was. We just had a nice, nice conversation with some strangers, and then they politely excused themselves, and then. Then, yeah, people went home. Yeah, but Rick Springfield always said, don't talk to strangers. Uh? Okay, you just Googled the, the lyrics of his songs. I did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, affair of the Heart, I've Done Everything For You, Love Somebody. I know that. I know. I've done everything for you. Yeah, okay. Uh, love that. Somebody. Okay, I remember that. Love is All Right Tonight, Celebrate. No idea. Speak to the Sky. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of any of these other songs. Like, but I, don't I know. remember "Love Somebody." You better love somebody. Oh, that's him. Yeah, that's him. That's oh, him. okay. I did not remember that song until you mentioned the name of it. But yeah. Uh, okay, I do know more than one Rick Springfield song. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. Learning. I can't recall them off the top of my head, but like, if you prompt me a little bit, I sort of know them. So okay. Yay! <laughs> All right, we did it. We got there. Yay! So, um, so Saturday Night Live—they've announced uh, some new hosts for the rest of December. Oh, right, this is an SNL podcast, not a Rick Springfield yeah. of, of fandom podcast. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they dropped the SNL dropped some news on us and told us who's going to be hosting the uh, final two shows of 2022. And yes. uh, boy, oh boy, we're getting some heavy hitters for the mm-hmm. closing out the year. Uh, December 10th, Steve Martin and Martin Short with Brandy yes. Carlisle. Who boy. Yes, and Brandy Carlisle, from what I said, she, she was the musical guest uh, when Jason Sudeikis hosted Blast, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. And, and uh, I think I remember liking her. Yeah, no, no, she was, she was she rocked it. Like, she was one of those people not too many folks were familiar with, at least as f- from what I know. 
And mm-hmm. uh, but she came on and she really she really impressed me. I remember that. Like I remember her really yeah. like giving it her all and being like, wow, this this girl's the power this woman's a powerhouse. She can really Yeah, I just I just have a vague feeling of positive associations with her name. So uh, yeah, she's I very... have not gone back and looked at what she did musically. I have not gone back and listened to what we said about her when we did the, the Jason Sudeikis episode. Um Am right. I gonna do that? Probably not. No. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, she was very good. Uh, she, you know, she came through and rocked it. And mm-hmm. it, the Sudeikis episode was one of the better episodes of that season for sure. Yeah, I remember liking that episode. Um, and, I mean, uh, they did that Mister Wizard parody, which I always like. Um, uh, the Parent Teacher Association the PTA meeting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it had a lot of good stuff in it, and uh, this oh, yeah, ep- the, the thing where he and Ego were they were kind of vibing with each other. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was good. They were basically good. uh cucking Kyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as one is wont to do sure and, and uh yeah this episode seems to be i mean this is one of the episodes when it was announced who was hosting pretty much everybody online was like hell yeah this is i mean steve martin this will be his 16th time hosting so wow. he'll be he'll be like one show away from uh basically uh the record of which is now held I, by. I Al- think the odds are pretty good of Steve Martin overtaking Alec Baldwin at this point. Yeah, uh, for reasons entirely unrelated to Saturday Night Live. I mean, yeah, and uh, Martin Short, Alec Baldwin, he's got other things going on. He does. Who, who, boy? Um, Whoa, Nelly, and and always fun to see Martin Short pop up again. I mean, and it's and those two together, they obviously just they have such fun together and they enjoy each other so much. And it's, it's two thirds of the three amigos and it's the good ones. So <laughs> yeah, this is Martin Short's uh, fourth time hosting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, including the time where the three amigos did host like uh, Steve Martin and Chevy hosted back in 86. So uh, yeah, that's and, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think there was like another time where Steve, where Martin Short hosted with somebody else. Actually, no, no, he hosted two other times. So this will be his fourth. Okay. Um, and of course, he was a cast member for a year back in the 1980s. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, people are really looking forward to this episode, as am I. I mean, the two of them mm-hmm. have great chemistry. They're, uh, you know, they're no stranger to SNL. So I think they're going to yeah. fit into this. You know, they're, they're basically at this point, they're, they're seasoned vets. They're, you know, I mean, yeah, you don't you don't have to worry about either of these guys getting up to speed on how the show works. They know how the show works. They know what to do they know how the machine operates they've got characters they can revisit you just know you're in good hands when yeah. these two are hosting so yeah uh ex- it's, it's gonna be fun i'm i'm really looking forward to next week's show yeah expectations high for this one i think this mm-hmm. is gonna be a big one and, yeah. uh, and then after that uh for december 17th we have host austin butler and the yeah yeah yeah's Right. Uh, Austin Butler, for those who don't know, he's kind of come into, come into prominence uh, portraying uh, Elvis in the Elvis biopic that uh, Baz Luhrmann put out earlier this year. And, Elvis, uh, like, Elvis Presley. Elvis, yeah, <laughs> Elvis, Elvis Presley. Costello, the yes. less cool Elvis. The, uh, that other Elvis, the dude, you know, the hip-thrusting, uh, pelvis-shaking Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who's been covered in literally a million other biopics. Yeah, he... Um, but somebody, people are like, you know what? I don't think people know the whole story about yeah. Elvis just yet. Like, no, we kind of... We, we need to Baz Lerman up this bitch. 
Uh, <laughs> we need to learn in this bitch. I don't. I watched. I watched the trailer of that Elvis movie, and I was just like, "No, I don't want to see this. I don't." Yeah, I think he's one of these one of these artists that we've heard of, that we we know of, and of course, like we we've kind of heard the story time and time again. Yeah. So it's like, are you going to tell us anything new that we haven't heard? Like, yeah, you know, he came in, he kind of changed the way rock is done, rock and roll is done, just by gyrating his help and being sexual and kind of. You know, taking right. black people's music and just kind of, you know, making it more palatable for white audiences. And he was exploited by Colonel Tom Parker, and he had drug problems in his later years, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. We got it. I know. It is weird how we've seen all these Elvis uh, biopics, but there are, like, so many artists we haven't seen biopics from. Like, we still haven't gotten a Bob Marley biopic, although I've heard they're working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvin Gaye never got a biopic yet. It's, uh... yeah. I don't know. Wasn't it there was like a Jimi Hendrix biopic, but I think they didn't have the rights to use his music. It's like, what's the point? Yeah, if you can't if you can't play Purple Haze. What, <laughs> uh, anyway. yeah. uh, no, I created this new song, uh, Violet Fog. It's yeah. <laughs> well, you know, hey, it's like it's like the the John Belushi biopic Wired. They didn't have the rights to use any of his characters from SNL, so they did like samurai umpire and it was like sort of like what you might see on snl and he he's singing songs as the blues brothers that the blues brothers never did <laughs> yeah like, what Why? i'm a i'm a soul fellow <laughs> <laughs> it's like why don't what's the point yeah, what's what's the point? Um, uh, but so, yeah, Austin, so, okay. So it's Austin Butler, this this fellow that I didn't recognize his name until you were like, "Oh, he's the guy from the Elvis movie," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So yeah. I sort of know who that is. He was getting a lot of good buzz for playing Elvis Presley. So yeah, and like uh, there's, you know, I think there's also already like Oscar buzz, and uh, I think the Golden Globe nominations are going to be out around the time he hosts. So maybe they're oh, okay. So he's probably them. an expected Golden Globe nominee. Okay, I get it. I was yeah. like, okay, so what project is he promoting? It's probably the Golden Globe. So he's yeah, he's still in a way promoting Elvis. Yeah, and he's also like I know his next big thing is he's going to be in the uh, sequel to Dune, the next uh, Denis Villeneuve. Okay. Uh, Dune. So he's got that coming up. So he's sort of a, you know, up and coming. Uh, he's he's pretty, on the rise. Yeah, he's on the rise. Pretty actor, kind of like the same way they had Anya Taylor Joy host because she was on the rise, and uh, Timothy right. Chalamet host the Christmas yeah. show because he was on the rise. So it's it's kind of in that vein. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. But yeah. Either way, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he's gonna do. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually been a fan of this band for a while, so I'm actually looking forward to uh, see them perform too. They have a new album that just came out about like a month or so ago. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. This will be the second time they performed uh, since 2009. They were on when uh, Zac Efron hosted. Whoa, there's a little time capsule for you. Yup. <laughs> when Zac Efron was the it boy, he was the Austin Butler of his day. <laughs> he um, really was. Yeah, uh, I, I'm aware of the Yeah, Yeah, Gaz, but again, I if you put a gun to my head uh, and asked me to name one of their songs, I don't think I'd be able to. And also, that seems like a really violent way to ask me to name one of their songs. Um, yeah, we don't, don't have do to do that. Yeah, don't, we don't have just, to just politely ask. Yeah, we don't have to like don't deer hunt my temple. Yeah, we don't have to like deer hunter this. We can just yeah, that's uh, that's not conducive to me remembering stuff. Um, okay, but yeah, that's I, just going to add to the stress of the situation. Um, yeah, I, I think I like their song "Jesse's Girl." Yeah, <laughs> and and love somebody. Yeah, that's a good the, song. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, well, no, uh, I mean, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs had that big hit, uh, the song Maps. You know, they don't love you like I love you. That was like their big kind of mainstream hit. And they were a pretty big deal back in the early aughts, back when like New York was kind of going through this garage rock, you know, alt, yeah. alt art rock renaissance. Like and I'm sh- sure if, if you played some of their songs, I would recognize them because I was still vaguely paying attention to current pop music at that point. So, yeah, like like they were making it big, like when um, uh, the Strokes were coming out of New York and LCD sound mm-hmm. system, TV on Love the radio, the yeah. uh, what block party like they were big around that time. And uh, but yeah, yeah, I was a, I was a huge fan of theirs. I really like their uh, their breakout album, uh, Fever to Tell. So I'm actually I'm really looking forward to seeing them perform. All right. Okay. So those are our thoughts on the upcoming house. Those are our thoughts. So now let's give our our thoughts on uh last night's episode. Kiki Palmer last and SZA. Yes. Yes. So this is uh season 48, episode 7 from December 3rd, 2022. Uh we start out with a cold open. What was this cold open called? I didn't put that down in my notes. Uh it's cold open, I believe Herschel Walker. Something or other. Just okay. Shit. Oh, I got it. Wait. Herschel Herschel Walker cold open. Creative. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, okay, so Herschel Walker cold open. Uh, this had uh, James Elson Johnson as Mitch McConnell, Mikey as Senator John Corwin, and Cecily as Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee and they they talked to Keenan who's playing Herschel Walker who's in the runoff election in Georgia right now and just kind of asking if he has any more bad things in his past that are going to come out over the next week. Yeah, cuz basically at this point the, the GOP is in a bit of a pickle. The red wave didn't come like they hoped, so basically right. they're 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 putting all their they're putting all their eggs in the Herschel Walker basket. Right. Which is a pretty terrible basket. Pretty terrible basket. He is several eggs short of a full basket. I don't think that's a phrase, but it's a decent metaphor for because the, the guy's he, he ain't right in the head. He, yeah. He's, he's got he's got the Dame Bramage. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious he is he 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 should be nowhere near like a, a seat in the in the Senate or any other type of office, but no, like, and I just I can't even laugh at the guy much because it's just he's so not all there. Um, yeah. So I I had trouble with this. It's you know one I they can't really write anything as insane as what this man actually says. Yeah, like I think at one point. They were talking about the runoff and Herschel, you know, Keenan playing Herschel says, oh, that's great because my ex-wife says all I do is runoff. And yeah, that I kind of could I could kind of see, see Herschel Walker saying something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they were all just sort of kind of vague jokes, but it's it's almost impossible to satirize this because the reality is so insane. I mean, he gave a speech where he talked about how he'd rather be a werewolf than a vampire. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> exasperated I mean, side. That's all this. I, I, I am 
nearly speechless at this. I mean, I, I liked at one point he says, oh, you can just toss a blanket over me and I'll fall asleep like a parakeet. I thought that was that was cute. And it's a funny visual to toss a blanket on top of Keenan and then they act like he's not there. Um, and then it ends with with Mitch McConnell just kind of putting him in a vault so that he doesn't say anything heinous before the runoff election on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, I thought this, I thought this was okay. I mean, I'm glad they kept this one short, but it wasn't anything. I, I thought like... as a cold open, it was pretty weak. I mean, I just, yeah. I just don't think they had anything interesting or insightful to say. And, and, you know, for me personally, I mean, just looking at Herschel Walker, I'm just like, yeah, the man, like, is, the man should just not be campaigning. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like this I can't is, believe that anybody put him up for public office, and yeah, he's he's just so not all there. He the man needs help. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, I think that might be it. Like I think it was kind of hard to enjoy this sketch just because the reality is so much more sad. <laughs> and, and so much more sad, so much more absurd, so much everything. Yeah, I I just I couldn't find it in me to to laugh i mean you know even even something like with trump i can laugh a little more because he's he's more mostly just stupid and oblivious right um with herschel walker it's like no there is something wrong with this guy it's like you know the cte's been tackled too many times whatever but, yeah you know. but like i know the gop's like oh no he's fine he's like they're basically it's like, you know, Weekend at Bernie's where they're propping up this kind of this person who's clearly not in the right, but they're like assuring us he's alive and he can do the job. Yeah. He is he is a Weekend at Bernie's candidate. <laughs> yes. And, and yeah, and it's just depressing and worrisome that they will nominate any old insane person if they just think that he, they're easily manipulated and he can vote the way they want or something. I guess that's the the thinking behind it i don't know that's definitely the thinking behind it they just yeah. want like a a figurehead like if there was a an actual mannequin they, they would probably be like no no this mannequin he can do the job it's just right yeah if if we could get like kim cattrall as the reanimated mannequin mm. from the 1980s movie mannequin um they'd be like fine Griffin. cinematic masterpiece by the way um <laughs> vote for kim cattrall nothing's yeah. gonna stop us now yeah, exactly. See, she's got a campaign slogan, ready-made. Absolutely. But anyway, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, we, we cold open. Yeah. I just find it depressing because it's just reminding me of, like, and and the the really sad thing is it's still close. It's. what What is our world now? I don't know. I don't know, Darren, man. Oh. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, okay, so we have our host for the week, Kiki Palmer. She comes out. She does a monologue. This will make us feel better, Yay. right? It will. It will. She comes out, a ball of energy, just mm -hmm. a, a lovable, just, you know, affable, just, you know, just a uh, presence she has. Very and, uh, animated. She's very animated. She's wearing, like, this big brown overcoat. Um, she comes out. She's talking about how it's Sagittarius season. She's really into astrology. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh <laughs> yeah, just a big, lovable ball of positive energy. It's just coming out. Talking about Sagittarius season, talking mm -hmm. about um, how she was in the movie Aquila and the Bee back when she was like around 12 or so. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, talking about like an interaction she had with Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. Uh, you know, talking about being in the movie Nope. Yep. Talking about, uh, you know, Aziz Ansari giving her advice. 
I guess because uh, she, she just had an Aziz Ansari impression in her pocket, and she just wanted to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't the strongest. Yeah, that that kind of did come out of nowhere. Because like, This is one of those monologues where it's like, okay, we, we're going to mention these three, four things. They don't really have anything to do with each other other than all being related to the host. Um, but I guess we kind of learned that she's going somewhere. She, she comes out, she came out wearing like this big brown overcoat. And then she says, oh, there've been a lot of rumors going around about me. I want to set the record straight. And apparently like there've been a lot of rumors that she's pregnant. So she like opens up her coat and reveals her, her belly. And she's like, yep, uh, I'm pregnant. So. Yay. Yay. I (sighs) didn't know that was a rumor and, but yay, she's, she's having her first child. So congratulations to Kiki Palmer. Yeah, I, I didn't even know, uh, I didn't even hear those rumors either, but like, you know, I'm not on, you know, the, the, the young people's TikToks or whatever like that. No, like, yeah, but I guess this was a big thing. A lot of people were theorizing about this and wondering if she was, and I'm sure they were noticing clues and analyzing it like it's the Zapruder film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I did I did a little research. Uh, actually, Cardi B also revealed her pregnancy when she was on SNL back in 2018. So. Yes, I remember that was the uh, Chadwick Boseman hosted episode. I do remember. Uh, that. Yes, which uh, yeah, was just before we did we started doing this podcast, but we actually did go back and cover that episode after Chadwick Boseman passed away. So mm. you can go back and listen to our thoughts on that a year or two after the fact. Right, and uh, yeah, I think I, I went online to check, and like it seems like a lot of people were asking, "Oh, is this the first time?" a host announced their pregnancy on the show or Mm -hmm. the first time we had a pregnant person host the show. And I don't believe so. Cause I believe from what I saw, it looks like uh, Tina Fey might've been the first one to do it. Cause she was, she was, she was pregnant on like the mother's day show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. With her uh, second child. Yes. At the time. And uh, thanks to Manette Marathi who like uh, put out on Twitter, the, uh, the opening monologue from that, where like it was her that was pregnant. She was singing a song about, her child and then Maya Rudolph came out who was also pregnant and joined yeah. her in song. Yeah. And then I mean I remember that Anna Gasire was pregnant when she was a cast member and she talked about that in the uh, live from New York oral history book where she was saying like, "Oh yeah, they've been they've been great. Like, I mean, sometimes I'm pregnant in the sketches and sometimes I'm not. It just either way." And yeah. She was like, I'm getting all sorts of adorable questions from like the young cast members who are like, "What's having a baby like?" But the cast members sound like muppets okay yes well i mean yeah jimmy fallon in the late 90s yeah i could see that oh it's great hey oh it's it's totally awesome i mean yeah jimmy fallon is basically scooter right (laughs) he really is hey that's great oh wow that's totally awesome yeah yeah anyway Uh, so uh, what do we think of the monologue overall uh not bad uh it was like tons of energy tons of fun Mm -hmm. Uh, very light. It basically set the tone for most of the show. I thought. I thought yeah. like, yeah. I thought it was like you know, very upbeat, very positive. Uh, the audience was hot. I, like the audience was loving every. Like you could tell. Like it seemed like the audience was full of her fans that yeah. were like, yeah, just just cheering on, just cheering her on, and cheering on everything she did. Throughout well, the that's show. that's the way it seems to work when the, whenever it's somebody who has a significant following, particularly social media following, which I'm sure Kiki Palmer does they all seem to like rally and they go out and they they wait in the standby line to uh, 
to see the show. So yeah, so I'm sure the house was filled with Kiki Palmer fans. And they right. Were, no, they were very happy, and yeah, they were really thrilled that uh, she confirmed her pregnancy. So yeah, so uh, off to a good start, big positive start. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's this big positive start for this show. All right, so moving on to our first sketch, this was Forsington's Ridge, uh, just sort of an 80s soap opera type of thing with Cecily Strong. She's basically like Joan Collins in Dynasty, it felt like. Yes, big, strong, uh, Dynasty, Falcon's Crest. A lot of 80s big hair. Um, we, we got Bowen Yang, he's got an ascot, he's got like silver hair. And he's like the dude that the ladies are fighting over. Kiki Palmer comes in as the other lady. Cecily uh, at one point just goes, I need to adjust my breasts in the mirror. It's a funny line. Uh, funny line, funny line. And then then uh, Cecily's character gets into a fight with Kiki Palmer's character. And then they're replaced by super obvious stunt women who are like yeah. literally wearing knee pads to protect themselves as they're rolling around on the floor. Yes, knee pads and sneakers. And yeah. uh, it's just very obvious it's not them. Right. And like it's kinda like when they cut to close ups of them, it's pretty it's pretty yeah. choppy. It's this is a very campy uh sketch, I'll say that. Yeah, it's very campy. I mean, yeah, the, the super obvious insert shots of the close ups and you know, it's like Cecily's Kiki Palmer's like miming hitting her and then they intercut it with these shots of the stunt uh, women who look nothing like them. I guess it's sort of a joke on how, like, if you watch like these '80s shows that are now in HD or something, you can like you can see stuff you were never intended to see, like stuff that could pass on old broadcast standard television just doesn't work in the age of HD. Yeah, very, very true. Very true. Yeah, I mean, I was a while back. I was watching an episode of. Uh, the original Quantum Leap on, I think it was on Peacock, and they had an episode where um, Sam he Sam Beckett wakes up on the on the beach, and there's a, a supposed to be a nude woman walking towards him, and it's you know shot from a distance, and it's kind of hazy, so you just see like sort of a nude silhouette, and in the close up, it had been like remastered or reframed or something. You could totally see that she was like just wearing flesh colored pasties. And it yeah. just kind of spoiled the entire illusion. And I was like, oh, well, okay. okay. <laughs> HD's not the best for older shows, you know? Yeah, no, HDTV definitely, uh, definitely shatters the illusions of, uh, of a mm-hmm. lot of things. Oh, boy. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I watched this, I, I kind of felt like, okay, was, was Cecily just like watching old clips of Dynasty on YouTube or something? I think that's it. Yeah, I feel like there there's some viral video I missed out on of like Joan Collins and uh, Linda Evans having a cat fight on Dynasty, and then you can see super obvious stunt women in it. I I think so, but I I mean I think even if you don't get the reference, you can kind of understand what they were going for. Like, all right, this is yeah. you know over the top soap opera. You know, how dare you sleep with my husband? Like, like yeah. you know, yeah like cheesy campy type of vibes and it's, mm-hmm. you know then they get into big physical fist fights i think at one point uh cecily's character actually throws kiki's character onto a table and breaks it um and yeah it's just like kind of yeah. che- you know cheeky campy type of humor that you don't take seriously yeah i i found it more weird than funny though 
I could see that. Yeah, it, it didn't really send me. I was like, okay, well, I mean, it it's cute, uh, but it I, it wasn't like, oh my god, that's so funny and clever and ha ha ha. Yeah, so. I hear you. It's 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 a little odd. It's uh, you know, it's just silly fun. This one, like you know, it's funny when uh Bowen comes in and sees him fighting. It's like, oh, who are you? What are you fighting over? I certainly hope this fight isn't over who's fellating me. Like you know. yeah, yeah. I mean, some funny lines scattered in. Uh, just. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. But yeah, so far, it's a good way to start the show, I thought. Uh, Forcington's Ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next, uh, we have a pre-tape called Big Boys. Uh, this is Kiki, Cecil, and Ego. They start out, they're singing about cuffin' season, which is where you, you, you snag on to a significant other during the holiday season, and then you're basically in a relationship with that person through at least Valentine's Day. I think that's the concept of cuffing season, right? Yeah, I guess to avoid loneliness and, you know, holiday depression or whatever, you just... Well, I think, that, yeah, I think the idea is, yeah, you want you want that holiday fling and also, like, that other person isn't going to dump you around one of the holidays because then that reflects badly on them. Like, they're a bad person if they dump you, like, right before Christmas or right before Valentine's Day or... Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's, but yeah, it's awkward because there's always a new holiday coming around the corner. Yeah, so uh, you know, just folks out there, get, grab your uh, cu- it's cuffing season, so grab your uh, your loved one before uh, before they fly off the shelves and there's no one around. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but yeah, yeah. With this one, the the twist is that they want uh, larger, larger, heavy set men, big boys. So they because... want physically large men to cuddle up with because they're they're good to cuddle with. Yes, they they, they we generate a lot a lot of heat. Had mm-hmm. a lot of body warmth, so yeah. you you want to snuggle up to us because so you know for warmth, like yeah. a like a tauntaun or something, <laughs> <laughs> with without the slicing them open and climbing inside them. Yeah, um, yeah, don't do that. That's something a serial killer would do. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's don't do that, please. You don't do that with your significant other. That's I mean that would be cuffing season in another sense of the term. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's just them about showing their love for larger men. I think at one point they show like a poster of a uh, Chris Pratt when he's in like uh, when he has a six pack and he's Guardians of the Galaxy shape, and they mm-hmm. put over that poster a poster of Chris Pratt when he's all chubby and dumpy in a uh, Parks and Recreation shape. Yes, yes, showing how they want the big boys, and I do like how uh, you know singing this song they have Kiki, they have Ego, they have Cecily, and they have Punky. And then mm-hmm. at one point they're like, "Punky, I uh, thought you like girls. What are you doing here to talk?" Because I did have that thought in my mind. Where yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I thought Punky likes uh, ladies. And then yeah, we, and we they, they outright ask her, and she's like, "I love girls, but they can't keep me warm, and I like to be the little spoon sometimes." Yeah, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> Which yeah, that was that was cute. It was it kind of reminded me of when another musical number they did when they did the. Uh, uh, when all the ladies of SNL, they were talking about their childhood crushes and, 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 uh, Kate McKinnon, she was like, Oh yeah. And when I looked at this person, that was when I realized I was gay as hell. I mean, it's, it's cool when like, cause they know the audience knows enough about the cast to know, (laughs) you know, which, which way their preferences go. So (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's cool that they address it. Right. Uh, but yeah, overall, this is this isn't a long pre-tape. It's nice and short. Mm-hmm. It gets out. I thought it was okay enough. It was it was okay enough. Um, I like the moment where uh, Devin is playing like Ego's significant other, and she and he she's like, 
wait, he just stopped snoring in the middle of the night. Did he just die? Yeah. You got to <laughs> be careful. Because he's so heavy, he's got sleep apnea. Yeah, yeah. We, we big boys, we got to be careful. It's, uh... Yeah, get that CPAP machine, people. CPAP? Um, All right, but uh, yeah, not a bad sketch, though it's okay. Yeah, yeah it was cute enough. Cute, cute enough. enough. Um, did blow me away, didn't, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm fair to middling on the show overall at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, we got uh, Drake PSA. Drake PSA. The, the premise of this is that Drake's exes have unionized as the United Kings of Aubrey. But it's more than just his actual exes. It's women he's just had random encounters with. Yeah. Uh, Drake has a tendency to rap about maybe women who have wronged him or he feels they have wronged him. Uh-huh. Like, he, like they, they see that seems to be like a running through line throughout his things. He came out with an album recently with a 20, 21 Savage called Her Loss, and it just seems like a bit. I mean, I don't want to say like Taylor Swift ish, like how Taylor Swift always writes sings about her, her exes, but right. Drake does tend to have, have a tendency to do that with does women. Does he name names in his songs? I don't believe so. I don't listen to too much Drake anymore, but yeah, I don't okay. believe he uh, he puts out uh, their government like that. Right. Okay. Um, well, I mean, because we we have Ego's character. She's saying like, I just left him a voicemail about an overdue car payment, and now I'm in one of his songs. Uh, and and Kiki Palmer, she says, yeah, Drake's song Kiki, do you love me? Ruined my life because everybody asked me if that's about me. Right, because Kiki Palmer plays herself in this sketch. Yes. Um, so, I, yeah, I basically, I just didn't have enough info or knowledge going in to, to get into this at all, because I don't know anything about Drake's dating life. I don't know much about his music. So I was just like, okay, this just isn't for me. Yeah, I think you need to know a little bit yeah. more about Drake and like how he has that tendency to talk about you know exes in his songs to really get the sketch yeah. but even if you have that i thought the sketch went on a little too long uh-huh. for me like um it's like I, once i got the premise and i got the point i was like all right this is pretty cool but then it just kind of goes on a little too long like especially when they're mentioning all the restaurants he was at and then all the other women and uh yeah. then it, it kind of ends with them singing five hundred and twenty-five thousand six hundred shouties yeah and yeah. it's like right. song from rent uh I mean, I, yeah, I like that we had all the women gathered together. I mean, that's just kind of a funny visual that they've all been wronged by Drake in some way. But I, yeah, I just had to kind of pick up what the sketch was about from context clues. So I was, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it didn't really work for me just because I didn't have that foreknowledge going in. Yeah, like I think this is one of those sketches where you kind of need to know a little yeah. about Drake and how he operates in order to yeah. get it. But yeah, even after... I'm sure if you have that knowledge, it hits hard. It's like, if you're a Drake fan, this probably hit the way the Weezer sketch did for Darren and me a few years back. So, Woo-wee! Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that, that, that thing hit. Yeah. I mean, why, why don't you grow up and listen to Ratitude? <laughs> you... I should put that in, like, in my outgoing messages. <laughs> you really should. Why don't you grow up and listen to Ratitude? <laughs> uh, but uh yeah overall i thought the sketch was okay but i i think it would have hit a little bit harder if it was a little bit shorter but that's just me yeah yeah i was i just looked at this and i was like okay well this this one isn't for me uh, okay. and that and that's fine not i'm i'm not narcissistic enough to expect that everything on snl should be oriented towards me so yes. that's fine 
if you're a Drake fan and you love this sketch, hey, great. I'm happy for you. That's right. Um, next, uh, um, we have Hello Kitty. Hello uh, Kitty. This was employee training at the official Hello Kitty store, and Kiki and Bowen are losing their shit over the logical in- inconsistencies in Hello Kitty's backstory, which I was not aware of any of this. Uh, um, yeah, so this takes place in the Hello Kitty store in Times Square. And, yeah. um, you know, it, I think we have uh, Molly and Cecily as the managers talking to the new employees about the history of Hello Kitty and how Hello Kitty, how, how Hello Kitty is actually uh, a human little girl. Not which, a kitty, but a human little girl. Yes. Which makes no sense to me. Like, this is the and, first time I'm hearing about this. Hello Kitty was born in, like, 1978 <laughs> or 1974, but but she's in third or fourth grade and they're like, so hello kitty is a 48 year old woman who is in third or fourth grade. Um, I, I liked how it was just them losing their shit over the, the logical inconsistencies in the hello kitty backstory, which none of which I was aware of, but the, the sketch brought me up to speed. Right. And, like, because like also the new employees is also Marcelo and Sarah and Sarah had a good yeah. line that I liked where, you know, Kiki and Bowen were upset about this, and Sarah's like, "Yeah, I really don't care about this job. It just seems like an insane place to get high." Yes, yes, because it's a very, you know, a lot of neon pinks and stuff. Uh, you know, it's very, very cutesy, very girly. And then, it, and then towards the end of the sketch, we have someone come out in a Hello Kitty costume, and then it, the Hello Kitty unmasks, and that's Natasha Leone under there, and it's it's like it's an episode of The Masked Singer or something. Yeah, it's a this this one takes an interesting turn because like as uh, Bowen and Kiki get more and more upset about you know this this is you know it's outrageous that we we're supposed to think that this is a, a little girl even though her boyfriend is a cat, which makes no sense. So she's out here clapping cheeks with a cat, no Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think at one point they they say her height and they measure her height in apples, so she's like five apples tall or something. And then they say, hey. I thought we only message Smurfs in apples. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, that's that that seems ripped off from the Smurfs. Right. And then, but then, so at the, I think at one point Kiki says, like, look, I know you measure your Hello Kitty in apples, but here there's only one apple that matters, and that's the big apple. New York City, the greatest city in the world. And then we have all the other cast members come out as, you know, New York City firefighter, New York City cop. Yeah. And then yeah. we have. That uh, was, this, that was... That was kind of weird and random. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have uh, Bo, uh, Dismukes dressed as Spider-Man saying that one line from the Spider-Man movie, if you mess with one New Yorker, you mess with all of us. Yes, I thought that was very cute. Um, if you're a fan of the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie with, with Tobey Maguire, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that kind of weirdish moment at the end. Where it's like you know it was filmed like right after nine eleven, yeah. <laughs> where yeah, some where all the the New Yorkers are pelting the Green Goblin with cans or garbage or whatever. And yeah, one of them is going, "You mess with one of us, you mess with all." Yeah, New York. City. And even in two thousand two, that was a little weird. It was. It was. I, I I get it. Like yeah, you know, New York is the second. The, the other character in all these movies, but it, yeah. it did seem a little like... I thought you were going to say the second greatest city on Earth. <laughs> That's why I moved out. <laughs> That's 
why I left Brooklyn. I, I left for a reason. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, even back then when I saw that Sam Raimi movie, the Spider-Man, I was like, yeah, this feels a little, like, forced. Yeah, it, like, it was. It was. It 100% was. I was like, I'll go with it. I was momentarily amused because Andrew said that line with the exact same delivery and cadence of the guy in the movie. So I was just like, okay, some somebody's a fan of the Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, I was like, I'll go with it, but yeah. mm, I don't know. Uh, oh, by the way, we're usually we try to give writing credits for these sketches where we could. Uh, haven't found too many writing credits for this episode yet. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, that we went over on Reddit. Uh, hardly any of the sketches are credited. So, yeah, but um, I mean, overall, the sketches again, it keeps it's keeping on with this sort of theme throughout the entire show. This like loose, kind of mm-hmm. you know silly, fun, you know nonsensical type of vibe. I thought the sketch was all right. Yeah. I thought it was like, I, pleasant I, enough. It just got so random at the end. I was just like, oh, oh, well, Natasha Leon is there. I guess I guess the people at SNL now really hit it off with Natasha Leon. I guess she's very well liked at at uh, 8H. So Yeah, I know. That's actually oh, that's actually something I mean, as we get closer to the Christmas episodes, that's probably something we're gonna be seeing a lot of in the next two SNL episodes, like just like cameo appearances. Like that's a that's yeah. always a big thing around the holidays. That's true, and you know, COVID's not as much of a concern as it once was. I'm sure they're still testing and all that, but we don't we don't really see people masked up at good nights anymore. So yeah, like I think uh, yeah, so we we probably are going to see a lot more random, gratuitous celebrity cameos. Which, yeah, it's it's coming. It's knowing coming. SNL, it's they're going to go to excess and uh, it's, it's coming. It's, Batting yeah, down the hatches, it's people. It's coming. It's coming. I'm stealing myself for that. I'm stealing myself for that. And uh, speaking for uh, random celebrity cameos, uh, we got our next sketch. Keenan and Kelly. Yeah. Keenan and Kelly. Another, another pre-tape? Another pre-tape? It's, yeah, and it's it's sort of, it's like sort of half sketch, half documentary, you know, mockumentary thing of Kiki Palmer is basically shanghai keenan into doing a revival or of keenan and kel right but with with her and it and the kel uh right and the kel role so it's keenan and kelly and 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 kiki is having these random dramatic moments to try and win an emmy like she's like i'm pregnant <laughs> um and yes yeah and, and then we towards the end we have a, a kel mitchell cameo yeah and um i i mean i I did like this sketch, but I, I'm full. I'm fully aware that this sketch is pretty much only for kids who grew up in the '90s watching right. Keenan and Kel because this this sketch heavily, like it's heavily bathed in nostalgia. Like this is yes. specifically for people who grew up with Keenan and Kel because there was a lot of references to Keenan and Kel that you would only get if you were like a huge fan of that show back right. in the and '90s. I... I did not watch Keenan and Kel back in the day. I'm aware of its existence. I remember seeing the commercials for Good Burger, but I was in my 20s, so I'm not going to go see Good Burger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember the, you know, welcome to Good Burger, can I take your order? Because those ads were omnipresent. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I-, I mean, if you just showed me a picture of, of Kel Mitchell cold, I would not recognize that dude. Uh, yeah, see, like I, I recognize Cal Mitchell just because 
I mean, I'm a little yeah. younger, but like not not that much younger. I never watched Keenan and yeah. Kel either, but I n- understand. I know it was a big deal when it came out. I think it, it might have right. been a spinoff of all that. Which was I the, think it was, yes. Yeah, and like I know it was a Keenan Kel was sort of a big deal. They were kind of, and they were like teenagers when they were doing it. It was like a, a teenage sketch comedy show, right? Yeah, yeah. They were they were super young, but like you know, everybody liked it. They have good chemistry. Um, and this, I thought this was a very interesting sketch where they kind of referencing a uh, a cast member's like former work in the past, like like yeah. I know they did that in the Chappelle episode when they talked about how Mikey Day was on uh, Wild and Out. So like the fact that uh-huh. they're bringing back Keenan and re- you know reminding everyone that he used to be on Keenan and Kel at that was interesting. I mean, I'm I'm just kind of surprised that the show never went there before this. Mm. I can't remember them making many references to Keenan and Kel before this. And maybe that's just because Keenan didn't feel cool. Maybe I'm sure when he first got on the show 200 years ago, he was trying to distance himself <laughs> from Keenan back, and Kel. Right. When he, back when he was on back in 1978, you know. Yeah. I mean, just... back, back in the Paleozoic era when Keenan, you know, like when that first fish crawled out onto the beach, evolved into a man. And then, yes. you know, Keenan Thompson was there in his 12th season on SNL. That's right. Um, but it didn't work. Yeah, he was. He was like, "Hey, I don't want to make Keenan and Kel jokes. I know it's an easy thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be an accepted adult, you know." So, so it's cool that he's comfortable enough to go back and reference his past in a humorous way. It just didn't speak to me at all because I'm just not a Keenan and Kel guy, you know. Yeah, like I noticed there was like a lot of things in there that were from the show, like um. Kel's love of orange soda was in it, which again, it's yeah. a very specific thing you wouldn't get. I was like, okay, I guess that's a thing that Kel did or was known for. Okay. Yeah. No, it is. Like, it's again, exactly. It's like something where people are like us are like, all right, that's a thing, I guess. But like, I saw online, like, you know, people who grew up, youngins who grew up in the 90s are like, oh my God, he did the orange soda thing. Oh my God, my childhood. Like, they yeah. love it. Yeah. But to, to us, yeah. it's just like a, a shoulder shrug. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, you know, hey, it's nice that they're enjoying that. And you get to see uh, James Austin Johnson come in as a robber who shoots Kel, and Kel bleeds out. So I, I like that it had the dark ending. Yeah, that was weird. And and Kiki Palmer's like, oh, I'm pregnant with Kel's child. And You're then right. uh, she says her catchphrase, uh-oh, here comes the bus, which yeah. <laughs> makes no sense. It's a lot to pack into one sketch. It is, you it know? is. And it's like, a lot. Again, it's something that's not going to hit Unless you're a huge fan of Keenan and Kel. Which I'm not, so it didn't. Right. But so uh, oh so overall I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. That it, the most I could rate this sketch is fine. Yeah. Right. But I, I also recognize I'm not the target by any means. Right. Um so uh, okay. Yes. So next we have Arby's. This was a uh just kind of riffing on the Arby's commercials. Uh, and apparently the current Arby's campaign is five roast beef sandwiches for $10. And it's just lots of different couples and they're all questioning the logic of the deal. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about this sketch. If, oh, I have thoughts. Like it felt a little too long, this sketch. Yeah. Even though it's not that long a sketch, but it felt, this sketch, you know what it was? This felt, this sketch felt like there was a lot of buildup, a lot of setup, and I was kept uh-huh. on waiting for like the punchline or the twist, and then yeah, never you want really... more of a turn. Yeah, it never really came. It... This was one where it's just literally people 
being incredulous and uh, uh, questioning the logic of a thing. And if you're not on board with that, it's not going to work for you. I mean, it was just yeah. Mackie Day going, where are you getting all this roast beef? How can you afford to do this? And then the, the announcer shifts to the Taco Bell $5 box deal, which is also like a real promotion that's going on now, apparently. Um, I thought I thought Keenan did a really nice job in the voiceover. Yes, uh, Ving Rhames. Is, is that really Ving Rhames Ving, in the Arby's commercials? That is Ving Rhames in the Arby's commercials. Yes. I had no idea, but I was, but he comes out as Ving Rhames in the sketch, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's really Ving Rhames. All right, it is. <laughs> okay, I'm learning so many things. This is this if I don't know if this was the funniest episode of SNL, but it was probably the most educational for me. <laughs> In, in in quite some time, so it makes you think, I learned a few things. Which SNL's out here teaching? They're they're teaching. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, like they then they like you said they get into the five dollar box at Taco Bell. Then they mention right. the uh, the four for four deal that Wendy's used to have. It's basically yeah. kind of them riffing on all these deals that all these fast food chains have, where it's like literally all this food for five dollars, and like, yeah. well, how is that possible? Because, like, right. you know, it's it costs money to make food, and you seem to be uh, skipping. I like, couldn't make five roast beef sandwiches for less than $30. How are you doing it for 10 Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and does the, anyone need that many roast beef sandwiches? I don't Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're basically dancing around the fact that the the food is, you know, probably low quality or it's not even real meat. And I, I, yeah, I think they couldn't make those allegations because that that's probably going to la- open them up to a lawsuit or something. Exactly, like they were dancing around yeah. it. They were like, "How can we make fun of Arby's, but not be yeah. sued, but not be sued for libel?" Like, yes, yeah. but yeah, the rumor of these restaurants is yeah that they use very low quality ingredients, like you know, yeah. it's like grade D or E or F or I don't know what the grades of meat are, but. Oh, Whatever yeah. the low-grade meat is, that's what they're using. Yeah, but I mean, it's something that's been around for a while. Hell, I remember back in college surviving on a $5 footlongs from Subway. I, mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. those. I knew that those weren't real meat or real bread. I, you know, I knew it was pretty much, you know, uh, yoga mats or whatever the fuck I was eating. But hey. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I had five bucks and I was hungry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's not, it's, not, it's not anything new. But like with yeah. this sketch, it just seemed like. A lot of setup, and then, like you said, like a lot of incredulous. How is it possible that we can eat all this food for five dollars? Yeah, and yeah, there was no real punch. I don't, there. you know, I don't know if there was a reason to have like multiple couples in there other than just to get more faces on the screen. Uh, we could have probably did, could have just done this with like one couple, yeah, and just had a back and forth between the two of them. Um, it was cute. Uh, one I noticed towards the end of the sketch, there was a boom mic on the screen very briefly. Uh, mm. That I always find that notable, just because the technical people at SNL are so good, you hardly ever get any sort of on-air screw-ups like that. And right. yeah, so seeing the boom mic. And also, I had a note: uh, Cecily slaps Bowen at the end. I don't remember the context of that, but oh, I, I was think, amused by that because I think at that point that's where uh, Keenan comes out on stage as mm-hmm. Ving Rhames doing the voiceover. And like right. she, she basically haggling with them. It's like, what? Well, what would you pay for all this? All this meat. And she's right. like, I don't know, like, like you know, uh, fifteen bucks for three sandwiches. And yeah. then I think Bone's like, Why would you eat three sandwiches? And then she slaps yeah, him and, and says, "Slaps him, yeah." Like, don't embarrass me during my Arby's commercial. Yes, yeah, okay, that was it. That was yeah, that was that was funny. I I liked that. Um, 
Right. <laughs> I like the the implication. It's not scenario out right, but yeah, this is like the big break for Cecily's characters being in this Arby's commercial. <laughs> um, I that was just a nice bizarre touch. This I don't know. This might have been sketch of the night for me. I'm I'm kind of going back and forth between this and the Hello Kitty. I I don't a hundred percent love either one, but I, yeah, I think yeah, I, I liked them both though. It's it's definitely interesting sketch. I I feel like it went on a little too long. Like once they, I think I at, can see that at some point they felt like they were kind of repeating themselves about how is this possible. Well, like, yeah. I feel like if they shortened it up and tightened it up a little bit more, I really think this would have been. A yeah, if sketch. it was if it was like a three and a half minute sketch instead of a four and a half minute sketch, and it was just maybe one couple, so it could be a little more rapid fire back and forth, that might have helped. But uh, right, hey, <laughs> look, an okay sketch is still better than a horrible sketch, right? Here, here, still right, still beats uh, Gen Z Hospital, right? Yeah, let's... I'm not even going to pretend I remember that anymore. <laughs> You, you, see, it's out of your mind. You're the lucky one. I, it still lingers in the back, in the recesses of my brain. When we finish talking about an episode, my mind just it drags all the sketches I didn't like to the trash. <laughs> you know, I I will remember the sketches I liked and and liked, and I'm I'm I saved the ones I really like to a uh, a playlist on YouTube so I can remember when we do our best of Ooh. the season at the end of the year. And oh, shit, we gotta do that. I'm, I'm not going to fucking remember. Oh, shit. I forgot about our, our... I should start planning our best of the year. Shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we're seven episodes in, my friend. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that playlist is real long yet, <laughs> but there are a few things on there. All right. Uh, yeah. So next up, musical guest, SZA, Jersey's own SZA. 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 She did two numbers, as SNL musical guests are wont to do. She did the song Shirt. And then she did the song Blind. Yeah. And uh, oh. yeah, not bad, I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, some nice mellow R&B uh, tunes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, impressive production values. She's got like, you know, the, the LCD screen behind her. She's got like the backup dancers. And I mean, it's just, it's really impressive what they do technically with the musical guest now. Because it is like a full-blown production. Yeah, yeah. She has like uh, background dancers doing some interpretive dancing. Like a, It's like a weird waterfall effect she has. It looks like kind of like uh, like waterfall, but also stars at the same mm -hmm. time, like starbursts. It's like it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she's a, I think she's a talented singer. And uh, it was it was very nice, very pleasant. I also liked how she promoted her upcoming album at the end of her first performance. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought that was cool. Like uh, basically when she finished her song, the starburst behind her read S.O.S. Um, 12 9 her her second album oh and that's the release date of the album okay right right her new album's called sos and it comes out december 9th so i was like oh that's a nice little, little advertising there i dig that okay but yeah over i mean i don't i don't have too many notes on it I was just like oh I, yeah i i was just like all right you know this was all right uh didn't love it didn't hate it didn't blow me away it, it was fine I, nice. I just, yeah i thought it was good nice nice and pleasant Nice and pleasant. All right. Next weekend update with, uh, let's see, uh, the hosts of weekend update, uh, Colin Just and Michael Che? Che? Che. Che. All right. Um, uh, so jokes. Jokes. Weekend update is want to do. They're, they're talking about news stories of the week. They're, they're talking about Alex Jones and Kanye West. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, Kanye West has said some 
crazy things that are... Uh, he oh expressed a like of Hitler. How do you how do you satirize this? How do you how do you parody this shit? We're beyond parody at this point. We really are. We are, I I like the line that he's the Omicron variant of Kanye. I thought that was a good line. Yes, um, I thought that was good. Like he's basically immune to his own meds at this point. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good way to put. It. Um, I mean, I like um, yeah. I like Che's joke about Jerry Jones, who was. Uh, catching a lot of flack. Uh, Jerry Jones uh-huh. is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and a picture surfaced of him back in 1957 where he was in a crowd of, uh, you know, white students trying to keep black students out of a certain school. Okay, yeah, that seems bad. That's You described that to me just now. I'm going to say, I'm going to take a stand and say, that sounds bad. I You would think that would be the stand that everybody takes, but uh, not so much because the world is garbage. Uh, and uh, Che had to joke, all right, yes, that does look bad. He he might have been racist back then, but answer me this. Whether somebody who's racist go on to own uh, a team full of the strongest black men to work on his field? Yeah, that's a, that is a great joke. That's so clever. It's and, it, I mean, it just, it just plays off, you know, like two uses of the word field. And, mm. yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a terrific joke. That's an A-plus yeah. joke, man. Yeah, uh, Che had another great joke about the 40th anniversary of Michael Jackson's Thriller, and mm-hmm. then he said, you know, say what you will about uh, Michael Jackson, but his music has had a huge effect on a lot of people's childhoods. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I, I don't think he was saying his music. I think he said Michael Jackson had a huge effect. Oh, right. What I uh, screwed it up. Yeah. Messed up yeah. the joke. Messed up the Che joke. Damn um, it. I apologize. Another, another nice line that Che had, he was talking about the Georgia Senate runoff, and he was saying... Yeah, Herschel Walker advises us to take care of voting early before it becomes a problem, which, good stuff, good stuff, because, yeah, Herschel Walker, um, you know, he's running as an anti-abortion candidate, and then it's come out that he's had, uh, uh, forced a lot of women to have abortions, apparently. Right. But, you know. I I guess I should say allegedly, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do as I say, don't do. Herschel Walker, do as I say, don't do as I do. Yeah, well, it's. It's just nuts that that sort of hypocrisy is not enough to sink a political campaign anymore. I think we're at this point where people just vote for whoever's running on their team because it's more yeah. important. It's yeah. more important that their team win rather they rather than they've put somebody in office who is capable and can do the job and would it cares about the betterment of the country or the city or state right. that they're in. Like, well, and it, yeah, it's, it's just so weird. Cause it used to be like when stuff like that would come out, that would be enough for them to be like, Oh, I resign. I drop out of the race. You know, like, like a Gary Hart who, when his affair was exposed, when John Edwards, when his affair was exposed, I'm sure there are other people, but those are the two examples that are on the top of my head. But yeah, it used to be like, Oh, Hey, you did this heinous thing. And the politician would be like, oh, yes, you're right. I will go away now. Right. That's and, how it, and yeah, that, that's heinous, but that makes a certain degree of sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how it used to be. But now it's like, no, yeah. we want our team to win. We want our team to beat the other team. So just, yeah. you know, just close your eyes, hold your nose, vote for our team, and we yeah. will win. That's just the end. Yeah. You know, re- regardless of whether we put in laws into action that will actually help you or not, that doesn't matter. Like the what matters is that our team, our side is the winning side, and it's just, ugh, freaky. 
I do not like. No me gusta. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know, and I don't know if we're, we'll get back to that of people like putting principle over party. I'd I, like to think we could someday, but uh, who knows? I don't know. I think we're too far gone at this point. I don't know if there's... we probably are. We probably are. Um, <sighs> we're an empire in decline, my friend. That's right. This... Um, Anyway, anyway, uh, so Michael Longfellow came out. He had a segment uh, talking about uh, going through the holidays as a child of divorce. Yeah, uh, Longfellow, his uh, second weekend update appearance, coming out all confident as hell, just just as relaxed as can be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked how he talked about how his his dad is a divorce attorney who's been divorced, and he's like, so you know, so like he he really endorses it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he talks. To he talk. practices what he preaches. He talks to talk. He walks um, to walk. And I, I liked how he said he made the point that how text messages are not enough to prove infidelity in a court of law. And then Michael Che was like, "Good to know." <laughs> um, I like the one point that, where he, that was a very funny way to just insert the the update hosts into the you know, what, what's basically part of his stand-up routine. Right. Yeah. He also had that other part where he talked about how he talked about his new, da- his new dad, uh, Terry, and how he's a semi nudist and he's seen him naked over like 40 times at this yeah. point in his life. And yeah. then I think Colin Joe says, I'm like, well, you know, I just hope he has a, an, uh, has a nice body. And mm-hmm. Michael and Longfellow was just like, why? Yeah. Is it very- <laughs> what are you saying, Colin? And Colin's like, I, I don't even know. <laughs> That was a very. It's like, why would you say that, Colin? Even <laughs> I was I like, that's marginally more pleasant than seeing an unattractive dude. <laughs> Even I was like, Colin, what the fuck is it? What? <laughs> yeah. Um. It, it was a decent way to insert them into the you know what was originally written as a solo stand-up routine. Yeah, it's basically. It definitely feels like more of uh, Longfellow's. You know, mater- his his more of a set basically from his stand-up days. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, you could just you could def- you could definitely tell he felt comfortable saying it. So you could definitely tell it's something he's said, some jokes he said over and over and over again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought this was yes. I thought this was good. I liked it. There's a comfort level of the material. And I'm just like, oh well, you know, look at him burning through his stand-up bits. <laughs> yeah, again, another way of us getting reacclimated reacclimated with the new guy and who yes. he is and what he's about. I still want to see Molly do their do a guest segment. Yeah, do their guest segment. I'm. Yeah, really, really say, trying to say the there. So, because it, it's like we've seen Longfellow do it twice. I think we've seen Marcelo do it twice. Uh, Devin did it once, but no Molly. I really want to see that happen. Oh, right. Darren, Darren's keeping score. SNL. That's right. I got, I got a big old chalkboard. SNL. He's, he's running a tally. That's right. Molly's got a big old goose egg. Let's, let's, let's change that. <laughs> let's change that. Let's change that. Um, and on. Uh, Next right. up, we got uh, we have Trish Dale, who's the uh, president of the uh, Peppa Pig President Fan Club. Yes, and uh, apparently on Peppa Pig, which is a children's show, they're going to introduce this thing where somebody has like two uh, same-sex parents, two mother, two a polar same-sex bear. polar bear couple. Yeah, and Trish Dale is very upset about this. Um, right, and uh, yeah. So when they announced yeah. when Michael Che was introducing. Trishdale, like my mind immediately went to, oh, this is going to be like a Heidi character or a um, or a Chloe character, or maybe even a Cecily character. So when Sarah Sherman came out, I was like, Whoa, oh, curveball. 
Whoa! Sarah Sherman playing an outraged whitely. What? What the? What the? Is it? Is it backwards day? Yeah, and and she said, uh, yeah, and and Che is like, well, well, yeah, this just sounds cute though, and she says, yeah, it is cute until they anally enter each other, and I would just like to note, uh, for the record, that when I was making a note of that line on my phone, um, oh. autocorrect changed anally enter each other to an ally enter each other. So mm. I guess I've got a homophobic autocorrect on my phone. <laughs> Who makes your phone, John? I don't I mean, look, iPhone. I don't want to tell you how to do your business, but anally is a word. It I was not trying to type an ally. Um no, I was I was typing anally. Oh, interesting. I, think... I was typing the word anally. I should say that. Okay. Yeah. I guess I your your phone feels like you're too woke or something. I don't know. I'm just like, what the fuck? Spell check. That <laughs> yeah. that ain't right. Yeah. That that seems that seems prejudicial. I'm just saying yeah. that. Your phone is trying to tr- uh, instill in you Christian values. That's weird. I... <laughs> um... And so, yeah, so like Jay is saying, like, oh well, I think they're just saying that gay people are just part of life, and and then. Trish Dale goes, it's not a part of life. It hurts. And then yeah. she just kind of goes off about how physically difficult anal sex is. Yeah. And she's like, I've tried everything. I've tried meditation, poppers. It still hurts. I think it's the yeah. way uh, Sarah played it because she played this character mm-hmm. like really bug eyed. Like, I don't think she even blinks throughout this whole set. Right. And uh, she, she put in this really high pitched, funny, almost like a Muppet voice. So like, mm-hmm. oh my god, they're anally raping, they anally enter right. each other. And, and she's like this woman who's outraged, but she's not entirely sure why. She's just outraged because she knows she's supposed to be outraged. Yeah, she does uh, like these stiff arm movements that are pretty The hard. way she moved her hands around on the desk was was pretty genius. It was great character work by by Sarah. And then like <laughs> and then at the end of the segment, she finds out that they're too uh lady polar bears who are in a relationship and she and then like she kind of explains that whispers in her ear and she goes oh it's just mashing and mushing i've done that (laughs) (laughs) Um, great turn at the end yeah yeah yeah. this was really good like uh Mm -hmm. i think it's good to see you know sarah kind of showing she she's becoming more and more versatile you know she's not just the i guess you know multicolored oddball that you know Scream talks her way through stuff like, oh no, she does. She's doing other stuff now too. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I actually noticed like throughout this episode, she had a lot of. She was in this episode quite a bit. She was in a lot of sketches. She's, she's become so well integrated into the show, and uh, and much better integrated than I ever would have guessed when she started. Yeah, she seems like such an odd fit for SNL and and a counterintuitive pick for the cast. But damn, she is she has made her her niche in the cast, and she is. Yeah, she fits so well in the cast now. It's great. Right. Yeah, no, she's showing, like, she doesn't always have to be, like I said, like the loud uh, Harley Quinn-colored, you know, persona mm-hmm. that she is. She can tone it down. She can be like this or that. And she's showing more and more, I guess, uh, sides to her. And, like, yeah. uh, the audience love. I know she has, like, a really strong, like, following so far. Like the, like, the stuff she does really resonates with people. And it's like she's slowly becoming, like, sort of the, the breakout star of uh, SNL, mm-hmm. I see. Like, she's really kind of yeah, yeah. making her that's, stamp that's on it. I just want to give a shout-out to one more line that I really like. This was before the Trish Dale thing. 
but Cullen was talking about a story about a super cartel that was busted, and he just says, you know what the, made the cartel really super? Friendship. Oh, um, that made me laugh. It's just such a stupid, <laughs> but but yet also kind of clever joke. Uh, it it made me lol. I so, yeah. Well done, Colin. It, well delivered by Colin, and probably well written because it seems like a very Colin joke. It's well done, Colin. Well well done. Well done. Thumbs up from me here in New Jersey, Colin. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah. Uh, so. Next up, we got ultrasound. Ultrasound with uh, Cecily as an OBGYN, Keiki as an expected mother, uh, and this is kind of similar to that uh, baby monitor sketch that Sarah and Bowen did a while back. Yes. I don't know what show that was in. Uh, that um, was the, uh, the Selena Gomez episode. The Selena Gomez episode. Thank you. I knew you would take up the slack for me on that. I'm, that's what I'm here for, baby. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, so Bowen and Sarah are the twins in utero showing up in the ultrasound and they're, they're break dancing, they're smoking, they're jumping rope with umbilical cords. Uh, yeah. They're ordering a filet fish sandwich with an iPhone. Yeah. I think. And Cecily was like, they have an iPhone in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they ordered, um, they ordered the, like you said, filet fish from seamless. Devin Walker mm-hmm. comes in. He's like, Oh, I got a message. I was supposed to deliver this filet fish. And then we see like two little arms, come out yeah. from the um the blanket like in, from yeah. in between uh kiki's legs who's up in the stirrups yeah it's uh, like oh yeah that's that sandwich is for them and i was like ah that is yeah and they, they actually are paying and and devin's like uh yeah no i don't, I don't think i'm gonna take that <laughs> yeah, that's uh yeah i was like wow okay okay we're doing this yeah, um I, I we don't have writing credits for this sarah had to have a hand in writing this i'm i mean I'd, I'd bet the farm that this is a Sarah yeah. joint. I mean, it's just it's just too weird not to be from Sarah. Yeah, like uh, there's, a, there's a scene where the two of them are like basically pogo sticking using the two IUDs that yeah. got lost in uh, the mother's womb. At one point, like you said, they're smoking cigarettes, and yeah. like we see smoke come out from between uh, Kiki Palmer's legs. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a journey. It is more or less a, a repeat of, you know, the babies doing weird shit uh, thing. But this is only like the second time they've done this. So I'm, yeah. I'm not sick of it yet. And they spaced it out well. So, yeah, yeah it was it, it's it was weird. Definitely. Uh, particularly the ending. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> where, where the babies have apparently moved over to Cecily's stomach. Uh, it's almost like a twilight zone ending yeah because like i think at one point she they do the ultrasound and like hey where'd your babies go they're not in your stomach anymore and then right cecily puts it over her stomach and they're in there wearing doctor's lab coats and yeah, she's like no yeah very yeah. odd i mean if, if rod serling came out and was just like oh submitted for your approval i mean it would not be out of place on a twilight zone no no not at all <laughs> Um, yeah, weird, but but uh, but funny. <laughs> yeah, this so. kind of this kind of felt like it should have been at the ten to one. Actually, now that I think about it, it kind of should have been. But hey, uh, you know, kudos for, to you guys for getting it earlier. I mean, yeah. <laughs> funny's funny, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's an odd sketch, but it's it, it did make me chuckle, so I can't complain. Too yeah, much. yeah. Um, all right, next we have choir practice. This is a uh, 
all girls choir at a Catholic uh, school. We got uh, Molly and Cecily doing the solos. Ego and Sarah complaining about that. And then Kiki Palmer comes in as the new student who outshines Molly and Cecily. Yeah, it's basically them singing Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like uh, Molly and Cecily are going to get the lead. And then uh, um, Kiki comes in as a new student, new transfer student. And of course, basically sing, out sings them out sings them all. Like, I mean, it's yeah. a short sketch, but it, it bas- this sketch is basically just a, a way to show that Kiki can sing. Yeah, it's just hey, let's have her showing off her singing skills. Let's yeah. let's do that. It's it's uh, you remember that sketch they did? They did this with a few musical guest host people where it, like Spotify was going down, and then somebody had to like sing in the style of an artist. Oh, I don't think I remember that sketch. You remember this? Uh, they did it with a, a couple different people. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but it would be like, oh, yeah, you have to imitate Michael Jackson because this person's listening to Michael Jackson. And then they. I don't think I remember that. So it, it reminded me of that in that the sketch was basically just constructed around them showing off their singing. Oh, OK. Yeah, I don't know if I remember that. I mean, I basically thought. I mean, the, bas- the basic premise of the sketch is, hey, Kiki can sing. Let's just write a sketch around that. It kind of reminded me mm-hmm. of like um, the Lizzo sketch where they were like, hey, Lilo- Lizzo can play the flute and twerk. Let's just write a sketch around that. Or Megan yeah, the- exactly. Or exactly. Megan Thee Stallion. Hey, Megan Thee Stallion's got a big old ass and she likes to twerk. Right. Let's write a sketch around that. And and they're not the actual musical guests for this week, so but still let's showcase them somehow. Yes. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. I, they did have a few good lines in here. Like I, I like how when Cecily uh, welcomed Kiki to the school, it was like, hey, welcome to Christ Wound High. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> That's cute. I missed that. Yeah, and how Molly says, oh, yeah, you got to love it here. You know, we're all sisters, and we're, you know, we're all synced up, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that's also cute. I liked, uh, this was just a neat wardrobe touch apropos of nothing. I like that Sarah's character, even though she's in, like, the, the standard Catholic school uniform, with you know the plaid skirt and the sweater, uh, she's still wearing like weird socks and shoes. Like she still had that multicolor thing going on. Right. And I was like, that's it's not commented on at all in the sketch. It's just something I noticed when they cut to a long shot. But I was like, that's cool that even in this, Sarah's still kind of expressing her individuality. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah's got to be Sarah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And basically throughout the sketch, we see like uh, Kiki can really sing and. Bowen, his teacher, is just blown away by her, saying, oh, I just got off the phone with Broadway. You're the new funny girl. And yeah. um, I also liked how there was, like, a thing where, like, all right, I've consulted with the gods, plural. And then Ego says, mm-hmm. we, we go to, what do you mean? We go to Catholic school. And yeah. Bowen's like, oh, grow up. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Um, it's an odd sketch. It sounds like you liked it a lot more than me. You certainly took more notes on it than uh, I did. I mean, but... I just, there was, like, a few things here and there that I thought were funny. But, yeah, overall... Yeah. I thought the sketch was okay, but yeah, but like I understand it's it's just. Basically... I think it's more funny for the random lines that were peppered in than the meat of the sketch. You know. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I thought all right, we just want to show Kiki can sing, so we'll do this sketch. I was like, all right. Yeah. Nice. Um. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, final sketch of the night, ten to one, Hawaii flight. Hmm. Uh, Ego and Kiki, they're flight attendants who are logging their millionth miles. Um, and they reveal that the plane they're on has logged 10 million miles, which that seems too high. Yeah, 
it's just basically, yeah, like, so basically this one is just Kiki and Ego bouncing off each other. They're giving the energy to the sketch. Them talking about how, yeah, this is a really old plane. I think it, it's been flying since, like, segregation times. I think at one point, mm-hmm. uh, Ego points out that the bathroom actually says whites only. Yeah, yeah. she removes a, a, a cover over the sign that it says whites only. Right. And, uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was cool. That was cute. Um, quick sketch. N- not a lot. I, I wasn't nuts about it, um, but, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's the last of the night. It, <laughs> it got us to the end. <laughs> we got there. Yeah, like, I feel the same way. Like, I think the premise of the sketch was okay. There wasn't much there, but yeah. Kiki and Ego's energy, I think, carried it to the finish line. Like if, yeah, if they weren't I, I in still, it, it still felt like it was marking time to me. But yeah, yeah, okay, well that's fine. Yeah, I I can see it. Yeah, like if it was if they weren't in it, I'd probably be more harsher with it, with my critique yeah. of it. But like it, it, the the two flight attendants talking to the passengers and the passengers being like, "Hey, this is weird." They've done that a lot. They have. They so have. So when I see that, I'm not. I don't get especially excited. So yeah, yeah. No. I, if if they. If they tabled this particular sketch format for a while, I'd I'd be happy. Uh, same, same. Again, yeah, like the premise of the sketch is pretty thin, and it's something we've seen before. But again, like yeah. I'm more a fan of Ego and Kiki's energy than I am the sketch in general. I would yeah, say. okay, I can see. That. So the the performance is elevated for you. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, like if somebody else did this, I'd probably be like, uh, the sketch the sketch blows. Blah blah blah. But right. I think Kiki I think Kiki and Ego were able to I mean they have a nice chemistry together and they, they were certainly given it their all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh yeah, that's our episode. That's it. that's it. Um that's overall overall, uh, not a bad episode, I'd say. Like a very high energy, very positive. Uh yeah. Kiki Palmer just really just came through with the positive vibes. You could tell the cast really enjoyed uh performing with her. And uh, it was just good yeah, yeah. vibes overall, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I For me, it was just a real fair to Midland show at best because um, there just weren't... Every, every sketch, even the ones I liked, I was just like, oh, well, that, w- that was okay or that was pretty good. I mean, there, there, wasn't, there weren't any sketches where I was like, oh, that was great. Oh, that was, that was wonderful. That was one of the best things I've done all season. So... Okay. No. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> no, fair enough. I think the thing is, uh, like, basically, when, when it comes to SNL shows, we, I think we both kind of really enjoy, like, like uh, sketches, like, really well-written sketches, clever sketches, yes. you know, yeah. stuff with, like, really strong performances. And I think this one... Well, and, and also, I, you know, I like it when the sketches, when they have a, a turn that you weren't expecting. That's when a sketch hits really hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we didn't have much of that this week. No, um, like uh, I mean, this sketch, like I said, it mostly fed off of the vibes and the positive energy and the mm-hmm. um, you know just the big big performances that everybody was giving. It's, it was, this episode was basically sort of like like one of those comedians you see who's very animated and very like big and has like all those energy. And even though their material may not be that great, you still like what they're doing just because they're giving it their all. I will choose a different metaphor. Ooh, all right. Um, I will say that this episode, it was kind of the equivalent of 
the roast beef sandwiches you get at Arby's or the $5 deal that you get at Taco Bell. You're just, you know, you're really excited when, when you start out eating it. And then after you finish, you're like, oh, that wasn't too fulfilling after all. Why did I have that? Um, oh. So that's that's kind of the feeling that I had at the end of this one. So you're just on the toilet right now, just evacuating. A, a... I'm not exa- I'm not going to extend the metaphor oh. further than that. Oh, you don't want to do that? Okay. That seems unduly harsh. Oh. But okay, maybe I went there. Maybe that's oh. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm the bad guy. It's me. I'm yeah. the bad guy. No, no, I'm I'm classier than you are, Darren. Um, <laughs> well, that's your first mistake. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this episode. I thought, like, I, as as soon as I sort of got the vibe they were going for, just silly, loose, fun, mm-hmm. just kind of, I was able. All right, I'll go along with it, and I was able to enjoy a little yeah. bit more. So, like, I think if you take I, it as that, you'll yeah. enjoy it more. I, you know, I for me, I'd say Hello Kitty and Arby's were both the closest to the standouts, but even those, uh, there's an asterisk there um right i yeah but i i, I would have liked to please don't destroy sketch that would have been I, i've come to really enjoy those guys and the, their contribution to the show right yeah yeah I, I was actually surprised we didn't get a pdd sketch but uh yeah when they're when they're not on the show now i miss them so yeah. more pdd please yeah, yeah. i mean I, hey I'd, I'd love to see them do something with steve martin and martin short next week that'd yeah. be fun maybe they will i mean that's what maybe yeah. they will all right, but we yeah we do have a few uh, tweets about this episode. Uh, let's see, our friend uh, Mikey with two E's over in merry old England uh, says, "Hey guys, didn't know anything about Kiki going in, but man, did she do a great job." Uh, Colobin was a miss for me. Felt like a bad '90s sitcom. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, it, that was a miss for me too. Monologue, however, was decent and gave me hope for the rest of the episode, which started slowly but definitely seemed to get better as it went on. Weekend Update is usually the highlight for me, and this week was no exception, with the added bonus of a couple strong desk pieces. Most sketches in the back half had some solid laughs and were definitely helped by Kiki being on form. Overall, a pretty good episode. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that assessment. I think, yeah, Mikey, you, you got your finger on the pulse. Yeah. What BSNL nerds are thinking. Absolutely, Mikey. Um, also, we got a text from uh, Lucho Blanco. Ooh, I don't think I recognize mm-hmm. this person. Hey, this is interesting. This is a new person to me, yes. Yeah, uh, Weekend Update was on fire! Edgy. Fun, parentheses. They should have used some of those headlines for the for cold opening, which was kind of half-baked. Uh, hashtag Sarah Sherman is killing it, making her crazy offbeat comedy mainstream. Hashtag Kiki was awesome. Looks like she had a great time. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Lucio Blanco. We hope you uh, you join us again. Tell us what you think of future episodes. Absolutely. So, all right. And uh, lastly, we have our friend Boardman Gets Paid at La Hot He Lion. I can never remember where this... Please use capitals. <laughs> we, we will never say your Twitter handle correctly. I never know where one word ends and the other word begins in your in your screen name, Boardman. I have no idea still. I know you've told us. I'm not going to remember. Um, hello from the hole in Nope. Uh, every so often you get an episode where the host is a ball of energy and super talented. Every cast member has a speaking role and the sketches are never longer than five minutes. This was that episode. Five stars, my episode of the year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, then he goes on in another tweet, calling it already, clapping cheeks with a cat with no Jimmy is my new favorite quote of 22. Oh, he means 2022. Okay. Yes. Clapping cheeks with a cat with no Jimmy. That line was, when Bo, when Bowen said that line, I did get a pretty big laugh out of it. I will Yeah, admit. yeah. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that was from the Hello Kitty. Yeah, That's clapping cheeks, like. no Jimmy, as in, uh, no Jimmy, guys, means uh, no uh, no Jimmy hat. No Jimmy hat. Yes, yeah. prophylactics. Yes, yes, you're raw dogging it. Yeah. Okay, Boardman uh, gets paid, goes on, and the airline sketch should have been called Frontier Airlines. Oh, uh, I guess because they're a shitty airline. I guess so. I, I thought Spirit I, Airlines I was was the bad one, or Southwest. Yeah, I don't. I I don't get why it should have been called Frontier Airlines. Okay. Anyway, uh, I hope you all had a good holiday. Uh, yeah, we we both did. Thank you for asking. Uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts on this amazing episode. Well, you've heard them now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we've done. We've given them. Um, so you've heard them. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, actually, I'm looking it up now. Uh, yeah, so Frontier Airlines is a airline with a lot of, I guess, low, like the prices are pretty low. Which, like, I'm okay. looking it up now. Yeah. It says like New York to Atlanta. I think I've heard of them before. Yeah, like it says New York to Atlanta round trip, fifty eight bucks. Which oh well, hey, okay. that that doesn't sound possible. How do you... That's are you flying on the inside of the plane? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do they just strap you to a wing? What the hell, man? New York, to, I have, New York to Miami, sixty-two dollars. I I I fly to Atlanta a, a fair amount, or at least I used to in pre-pandemic days, and I don't think I've ever paid less than. I mean, it's usually around a hundred with fees and everything. This you seem, know, hundred, hundred fifty or something. Yeah, this seems. Least. Yeah, this seems really fit. I. I I don't know. That seems like a mega bust type That's, of prices. That sounds low enough to be very fishy and very sketchy. I mean, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah but, it ooh. does. So, okay. uh, yeah, guys, if you know anything about Frontier Airlines, let us know. Like, what's the deal with this? Like, Let us know because we are consumer advocates now. That's too. right. Yeah. Yes. We're the new. Let us know and then we will be like. Why are you messaging us about Frontier Airlines? We don't. We don't remember. We don't listen back to this. No, no. We we record. Yeah. We record these and put them away. We just lock them in a vault. Yeah, we forget them forever. I mean, yeah, we have to write up the summaries. I'm like, what? What the hell do we talk about? I don't remember. Right. We just we just said a bunch of shit. <laughs> like, don't can't be held accountable for what I say on this microphone. Right. No, that's this is just us free associating for an hour and a half. <laughs> exactly. You get it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I mean, I'm I'm impressed our producer listens to this show. Uh, so he claims. <laughs> so he claims. So he claims. He's probably going to edit this part out. But uh, hey, Frank. Hi, Frank. Um, so anyway, next, uh, join us next week when Saturday Night Live will be back with uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Brandy Carlisle as the musical guest. Yes, and as always, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. Uh, at SNL Nerds Show, we're going to be. I guess we'll still yes. be on there until the whole thing implodes. Uh, uh, I, I guess we're writing that. We're we're going down with the ship. Yep. I, yeah, I don't know. That's right. We're 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 there with the with the uh, with the uh, with the band on the Titanic, just playing our cellos as we sink into the ocean. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you can follow us on our individual pages. I, for instance, am at Trumbull Comic T R U M B U L L and the word comic. Yeah, I'm uh, at Darren Credible, D-A-R-I-N Credible, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm on Mastodon, and I'll probably be on Hive as soon as I figure out how the hell that works. I'm I'm on Mastodon and Hive. I haven't used either one much, but I I have them set up. 
Right. They're so there. I, I have that life raft, I guess. Right. Exactly. We have our escape pods. Yeah. And then, it, like, as soon as I sign up for one, somebody's like, oh, you should join this other one. I'm like, oh, I, 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 no, I don't, I don't want, I want to spend at least some time not online. <laughs> I want to touch grass. Let me touch grass. I want at least, at least the option of touching grass. Yeah. I'm not going to necessarily go outside and actually touch grass, but it, it'd be nice to know that I could if I wanted to. Right. I'd like to have that option. Right. It's all about choices, people. It's all about choices. It's all about choices. And uh, look, if you take one thing away from this week's episode, uh, just remember, text messages are not enough to prove infidelity in a court of law. That's right. Write it down, folks. Write it down. That's a that's a good tip to know. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, thank thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Michael and and Michael Che and. Just thank you to any Michael. Yeah, any so. thank any Michael, Michael, any uh, random Michael, Michael Kane, yeah. Michael Jordan, Michael. Yes, you know, uh, Michael. Uh, who else is named Michael? Uh, Michael Winslow. I'm not ending the show until you can think of another Michael. Michael Winslow. There you go. There you go, Michael Winslow. You were great in the Police Academy movies. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> All right. We've reached the point of diminishing returns, so yes. I, I, I think it's time to end it all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, time to land this plane. <laughs> it's time to land this plane. We'll see you next week with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Brandy Carlisle. But until then, nerds out. out! This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.